At 9 p.m. on the evening of February 21, 1977, firefighters were called to an apartment in Chicago, Illinois. Inside the apartment, they would find a body hidden under a burning mattress. The lifeless woman was naked, a butcher knife still sticking out of her chest. Detectives were baffled by the murder of Teresita Bassa, a respiratory therapist who had no known enemies. There was no evidence and the case could have immediately went cold until detectives would receive a strange phone call and a claim that the people on the other end knew who the killer was because Teresita Bassa had told them from beyond the grave. Hi, I'm your host, Missy, and I'm about to take you on a wild ride. Stories with plot twists, shocking endings, and unbelievable truths. Trust me when I tell you that this story is nuts. Teresita Bassa was born in 1929 in the Philippines. She would move to the U.S. to study music in the 1960s, receiving her master's degree in music from Indiana University. She would eventually go on to study inhalation therapy and move to Chicago, Illinois, getting a job as a respiratory therapist at the Edgewater Hospital. It was a place where Teresita would thrive. Her patients loved her and she loved them. She was known to be extremely hardworking and had no known enemies. Teresita was quiet and lived alone, spending her free time teaching piano lessons and working on writing a book. At 7.30 on the evening of February 21, 1977, a friend of Teresita's would speak to her on the phone for half an hour, and Teresita would mention that she was going to have a guest over. However, Teresita did not mention who the guest was. By 9 p.m. that evening, neighbors of Teresita's apartment which was 15B, would begin to complain of the smell of smoke that was coming from her apartment to a janitor who would then call the fire department. As firefighters arrived on the scene, they discovered a still-burning mattress. The body of Teresita Bassa was hidden underneath. Teresita was nude with a butcher knife still protruding from her chest. Her clothes folded neatly next to the burning mattress. It had appeared as though she had been sexually assaulted. An autopsy would show that Teresita had not, in fact, been assaulted, but her assailant had attempted to make it look that way. Fingerprints and any other evidence at the scene were completely destroyed by the fire, and the only real clue was that of a memo that was left in her apartment, in her handwriting, that said, Get theater tickets for A.S. Detectives were stumped, not having any idea who A.S. was. Police would attempt to pursue several leads, but they could not seem to catch a break in this case, and all leads were eventually dismissed. This is where the case could have very easily went cold. But five months after the murder of Teresita Bassa, a strange call came into the station. The lead detective on the case, Detective Joseph Stacha, I hope I said that right, and his partner, Lee R. Eplin, would make their way to the home of Dr. Jose Chua and his wife, Remy. 
Remy had also worked at the Edgewater Hospital with Teresita. They had met during orientation at the hospital, but they had worked different shifts, so the women didn't, in fact, know each other. It was here that Remy Chua would tell detectives a very strange story. She would go on to say that late one night, after working a long shift, she would take a nap in the hospital lounge. After she closed her eyes, however, she began to feel a presence in the room. And when she opened her eyes, she saw Teresita Bassa. Or the ghost of Teresita Bassa, that is. Two weeks later, Remy Chua was home when she would begin to feel extremely fatigued. She would go lay down and her husband, Jose, would go in to check on her after several minutes. It was then when Jose would ask her if she was all right that he would notice that his wife's voice sounded different. In an attempt to get her to talk more, he asked her who she was, and she would say, Teresita Bassa. Jose was confused. Teresita was not someone he knew. But his wife, or Teresita, would continue telling him that he needed to go to the police. She would tell him that the police could not find her killer, and that he was a man named Alan Showery. When Remy awoke from her trance-like state, she couldn't remember anything of the incident that lasted somewhere around 30 minutes. The Chuas didn't know what to do after the strange occurrence, but it wouldn't be the last time they heard from Teresita Bassa. Remy Chua would go into another trance one more time after this. This time, Teresita would be more urgent with Jose, asking him why he hadn't gone to the police. Jose would tell her that a name wouldn't be able to solve her murder and that they needed more concrete proof. Teresita would tell the man that she in fact did have proof that Alan was her killer. Alan Showery, according to Teresita, had taken some of her jewelry and given it to his girlfriend. This time, the Chuas would call the detectives, giving the shocked detectives the information that they had. And despite the strange story, Detective Stetcha and his partner decided to do a background check on Alan Showery. They discovered that the man, whose initials were A.S., not only worked at the same hospital as Teresita, but that he also lived close to her as well. When detectives asked other hospital staff about Alan, they discovered that he was supposed to visit Teresita's apartment on the very night she was murdered. When they brought Alan in for questioning, he admitted that he did in fact visit Teresita on the night she was murdered. He was supposed to help her fix her television. But when he realized he didn't have the tools to complete the job, he left. Detectives didn't believe Alan Chowry, and armed with information that he may have given some of Teresita's jewelry to his girlfriend, they decided to call her and see if he had given her any jewelry in the past few months. When Alan's girlfriend said that he had, they asked if she would be willing on allowing Teresita's friends and family to see it, to ID it as Teresita's. When Teresita's friends saw some of the jewelry, they immediately told detectives that indeed, some of the pieces belonged to Teresita. When detectives returned to Alan Chowery with the new evidence, he quickly confessed to the murder of Teresita Bassa. Alan would claim that he had gone to Teresita's home to help her fix her TV, and that it wasn't until after he left her apartment that he would formulate a plan to rob and murder her so that he could pay his rent. He would then return to her apartment, where Teresita would allow him back in, and when she turned her back on him, he 
he would attack her. Allen would only get $30 and some jewelry from the robbery. The trial would later be called the Voice from the Grave trial. And Alan Showery would later retract his confession, claiming that he was, quote, only kidding. Allen's defense attorney would also argue that Remy Chua had faked her trances, stating that she held a grudge against Allen. Now, if you remember, Allen worked at the same hospital as both Teresina and Remy, and apparently Allen had complained about Remy's work ethic, which may or may not have eventually gotten her fired from the hospital. The first trial ended with a deadlocked jury and a mistrial, and a new hearing was set to begin in February of 1979. Shortly after Alan Showery returned to his jail cell, he changed his mind and decided instead to plead guilty. More than likely, his change to guilt was an attempt at a more lenient sentence. But some speculated maybe Teresita had visited him while he was in prison. Either way... Alan Showery would receive 14 years for the murder of Teresita Bassa, along with concurrent terms of 4 to 12 years for arson and armed robbery. He would be released from prison on parole in 1983, just under five years later. Whether Remy set up Alan because she held a grudge against him, or whether Teresita Bassa actually possessed Remy Chua in order to solve her own murder, still remains a mystery. And although some of it could be explained, how Remy would even know that Alan's girlfriend had the jewelry when it was something police didn't even know was missing in the first place, is what makes this one of those cases that might be solved, but still unexplained. I want to know what you think about this case. Do you think that Teresita Bassa actually came back from the dead to solve her own murder? No, I don't know. I like to believe in that kind of stuff. I'm very much of a paranormal type person. I like all of the paranormal stories as well. But, I mean, it could have happened. Sure. Maybe. The, the most unbelievable part of this story to me, though is the fact that Alan Showery only got less, well, less than five years for armed robbery, arson, and murder. I think that's the most unbelievable part of this entire story. If you haven't yet, join us on the Facebook page. It's facebook.com backslash this story is nuts podcast. And if you have a story that you would love to hear, if it's a story suggestion, like a story that you know already, but you want to hear on this podcast, or if it's a personal story, please send me an email. It is thisstoryisnuts at gmail.com. I would love to hear, I would love to hear from you. So if you have a personal story, please share it. And if you are okay with me sharing it on the show, you don't even have to come on the show. But if you would like for me to share your story, I would love to do that. So let me know. Uh, send me the email. And also, like I said before, stay tuned. Bonus episodes are coming out this month. So keep your ears open. I'm not going to tell you when. I love to have a nice little surprise for the rest of you. So I will tell you the very first one is up very soon, though. How about I'll give you a little hint? It's up very soon. So stay tuned for some extra bonus content coming your way for the month of October. And until then, you guys, stay naughty, my friends. 
This Story's Nuts was written and produced by Missy Reese with music by Logan Reese off of Groovepad.